Oil prices have skyrocketed, posing a new risk to the post-pandemic recovery. Feeling the pressure to respond, policymakers have proposed everything, from gas tax holidays, tapping into strategic reserves, and even rebate cards. One idea that has crawled back from the dead? Windfall profits taxes. This idea is simple, legislation targeted at the excess profits of oil companies. However, the reality is much more complicated. But why exactly have windfall profits taxes seemingly risen from the grave? And what put them there in the first place? Welcome to The Deduction, a Tax Foundation podcast. My name is Jesse Solis, Communications Manager here at the Tax Foundation. And today I am joined by our federal policy analyst, Alex Morishanu. Alex, how are you? Doing good, Jesse. How are you? I'm doing great. I should mention to our listeners that we are recording this episode about a week in advance to when we'll uh, release it. Reason being, I'm going on uh, vacation next week. I'll be in Yosemite and Lake Tahoe. I'm very excited, but I imagine that what we're talking about today is still going to be just as relevant next week. We are talking about gas prices and specifically what the tax policy response two gas costs have been. Alex, just quick, quick icebreaker. What was your first car? Well, I can't reveal my security questions. <laughs> that's funny. That, that's a good answer. Um, okay. I had a Chevy, but it had a hole in the gas tank. So I constantly just had to refill my car when I was 16 and I couldn't figure out why. Then we figured out it was just leaking gas. That's not great. Yeah. So, so in Washington, uh, there has been calls from progressive leaders on the tax side to go after these higher prices through something called a windfall profit tax, uh, specifically targeted towards big oil companies. Quick definition, what is a windfall profit tax? The key issue here is that there are a lot of very different ideas that all sort of get the same name. So the idea in very abstract terms of taxing a windfall would be, you know, something unexpected, you know, happens that, you know, raises profits very suddenly and you enact a tax that just captures that sort of windfall alone. Mm. The sort of abstract theory would be that there's a certain return that's sort of the normal market return on investment, you know, generally a kind of a say, uh, let's say seven, 10 percent or something. And that these sort of excess returns sort of higher than that are not sort of economically the same as this sort of very basic level of return that, that you expect. But the important thing to note is that that sort of basic level of return is adjusted for risk. There's a basic finance idea of risk and reward, that if you want really high rewards, then you have to accept a higher level of risk. There are certain industries that are very volatile, and that means in some years they earn very high returns, in other years they have huge losses. And that doesn't mean that in the years that they have really high returns that they're actually sort of benefiting from some economically abnormal phenomenon in that year where they earn very high profits. The oil and gas sector is a perfect example of this. It's very volatile and you know the oil companies lost an enormous amount of money in 2020 because of the pandemic because oil and gas prices went through the floor. Now they had very big profits in the rebound. You know those sort of things tend to roughly you know you know average out. So oil and gas energy it's it's volatile because there is a higher risk and therefore a higher reward. So is it typically oil where we see a windfall profit tax come into debate? Is it kind of like the one industry that only sees this kind of tax? 
it's certainly been a major target. And I think historically, that's there have been windfall profits, taxes of, of various kinds. And But there are other examples, like after both world wars, there were excess profits, taxes directed at companies that tended to uh, have sort of very high profits during the wars. Mm -hmm. There have been similar proposals about companies that were very profitable during the pandemic, whether it's, you know, online retailers or video conferencing uh, software or something that turned out to be very, very valuable during the pandemic. All right. So, Alex, what are what are kind of the... um theoretical underpinnings of this idea. There are a lot of things that are labeled a windfall profits tax, and they're both different from each other and different from perhaps what we might describe as the actually accurate definition of a tax truly on windfall profits. Mm. I would say the sort of vacuum version of a windfall profits tax is a tax that exclusively taxes profits from things that have already happened and does not actually change the future incentives to invest or expand your business. That might lead people to think, oh, well, why don't we just constantly enact these temporary things that, that are going to disappear in the long run and, and so that it doesn't change future activity? The issue there, you can't constantly do a one-off windfall profits tax. The, the question in theory from making something like this work is that can you credibly claim that this is a one-time thing? And when you look at existing proposals, a lot of times, A, they end up probably disincentivizing some additional production, even if they're temporary, they extend for a decent amount of time, and that would impact a new production. And B, I think oftentimes it doesn't seem credible that they would be temporary. All right. So let's get a little into the nuts and bolts of what people are proposing today. Where are we seeing windfall profit taxes? play out either in a debate setting or in actual practice? There's a major proposal in the United Kingdom for a windfall profits tax. And that one is uh, only scheduled for 12 months. And that is actually based on profits. So it would add another 25% tax to the profits of oil and gas companies. And there are a couple of proposals in the United States as well. The Senator Wyden proposal would target the excess, quote unquote, profits, and we can get into what that means later and the issues with that definition, but would target profits above a sort of 10% return of major oil companies. Regular profits are taxed at a 21% rate, and this would subject profits over 10% of return on spending, subject those profits to an additional 21% tax. And then Representative Ro Khanna has a proposal that would be more structured like an excise tax, but it's sort of a, a little bit more complicated than a typical excise tax where it would tax be based on the revenue. The tax is 50% of the sale price of a barrel of oil that is sold for more mm. of the average price of a barrel of oil from 2015 to 2019. And so I think these would all have sort of slightly different effects, but sort of directionally, I think it makes sense to say these would probably put a disincentive to production. You say they'd bring uh, a disincentive to production. And you mentioned uh, specifically uh, the widened proposal to go after excess profits. Could you go into that a little more? I think this is where to get into the, the issue of what excess profits are. And classic examples are like if you have a monopoly and 
you are able to charge prices that are largely irrelevant to your costs because you're the only producer in the market or something. That would be like a super normal profit. And generally, we think of those as sort of less responsive to taxation. So people want to tax these sort of super normal returns. But the important thing to think about here is that oil is a very good example of something that is a, a very volatile industry. Yes, there are some years where oil companies tend to be very, very profitable. But that's sort of weighed out by there being other years where oil companies are going to lose an enormous amount of money. If you look at, say, you know, 2020, the price of oil goes through the floor. You know, they lose an enormous amount of money. I believe at least 100 U.S. oil and gas companies declared bankruptcy in 2020. And, you know, it was a very, very bad year for that industry. Now they're doing a lot better, but that's sort of the risks. Those are the sort of standard risks and rewards you deal with in energy. And so the issue with the Wyden proposal is that there's no mechanism for adjusting for that in any way and determining exactly what the sort of, well, risk-adjusted rate of, of return. You can't deduct the losses from a, you know, a previous year and a bad year to offset the high returns you get in a good year. So that would produce sort of a disincentive and end up falling on normal risk-adjusted uh, returns. We tried a uh, tax like this before in 1980. Jimmy Carter enacted a, a similar tax, and the result was to uh, reduce domestic production uh, of oil. There are some differences. This uh, new, new tax would also tax uh, uh, imports to, to the United States whereas the, the Carter one didn't. The conclusion from sort of recent studies on the old windfall profits tax under Carter was that it did impact incentives to produce on the margin, which is what you care about. If, if you impose a tax like this, you know, companies being were, were, were less likely to um, raise their production. Which I find it interesting that you say that, because often when you hear people, especially those proposing these ideas, they say, we have tried this in the past, so we can do it again. But you're saying the research out there is... Cautioning against that? Yes. A, a tax like that shouldn't be the model if you look at what we've done before. What What is a better way then to kind of deal with the issue we are here? If there are these major windfall profits happening, what's kind of like a better way forward? So the best way to do a tax on windfalls is to make the corporate income tax just tax windfalls or returns to old investments, which is to say make all new investment fully deductible under the corporate income tax. Just kind of use what we have already in place. Yes, yes. You can make the corporate income tax function like a, a tax on windfalls, um, or at least more like a tax on, on windfalls if you just exempt the returns to all. That's the sort of better way to handle that if companies really are just sort of making uh, enormous returns for some reason in one year because of something, you know, strange out of their control that they just happen to be, you know, benefiting enormously from and they're not, you know, doing anything to invest and because, you know, if there's if there's a crisis, of course, you want companies to decide, oh, well, uh, like in, in, this, in you know, this example, you'd want companies to invest more and develop, expand their production and whatnot. Or um, to use the example of, of the pandemic, you'd want, you know, certainly video conferencing software companies had benefited in some way from, from things being closed down, but you'd also want them to invest and improve their services at the same time. 
just doing a normal corporate income tax like we have would be the way to do it as long as you allow the deduction of of new investments. Especially as it comes to oil. I mean, I think we can all agree in the next 10, 20 years, given the climate crisis, we want there to be more alternative energies out there. So maybe it's worth having oil companies invest in things beyond oil. Well, Alex, what else are you working on in the coming weeks? Well, a whole lot of uh, energy, energy related stuff. I think as energy costs go, the more I have to spend time on it. That's great. Yeah. And if people want to follow your work on energy issues and more in the tax space, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me, of course, on the Tax Foundation website, uh, as well as on Twitter uh, at a hard to spell taxfoundation.org and then Twitter at a hard to spell. Alex, as always, thank you. Thank you, Jesse. The Deduction is produced by Dan Carvajal. To learn more about the Tax Foundation and the Deduction, visit us online at taxfoundation.org slash podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn at Tax Foundation, as well as on Twitter at DeductionPod. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on The Deduction.